What up? It's Big Ten Thoughts. We are back um, together again in a different garage this time. Um, I'm Marcus. That's Spencer. Um, hopefully today, since we're together, we're going to get a little bit of YouTube action going so you can maybe watch us. We'll see how that works out. Um, baseball is officially back. We have legit games. I'm a little bit nervous about a few teams um, with the COVID problem, but it is back and it is alive and well. On this episode, we'll have a little bit of baseball recap. Um, then we'll be joined by a previous guest, our uh, good friend Shane Conley will be coming on to talk about a little bit of college hockey, but more of a breakdown of the NHL. And then we'll have a slight NBA preview, and we'll go from there. So, baseball is back. Baseball. First thoughts on, like, the first five games for everyone. Um, a lot of high fives, a lot of spitting, and a lot of non-socially distanced players. Um, I mean, I that's that's kind of what I see. You know, I, I wish we could focus, you know, on the game or whatever, but the problem is, is that, like, you know, there's things laid out by the league and it doesn't look like a lot of teams are following them for better or worse. And um, yeah, so I guess, I don't know, last night, the, the A's pitcher, the guy with the awesome mustache, it looks like Raleigh fingers. He, um, he hacked a huge loogie and all I could think of was damn, I hope a ball doesn't roll through that. Cause that's a, I don't know. That's, that's my main takeaway. I mean, we can get into the, into the sports, like kind of like the actual gameplay well, a little bit, but. That's my big thing right now. To kind of combine uh, both what you're talking about and the game of baseball is so far the funniest thing are the teams that go to argue with each other, go to get in a fight, <laughs> or if they go to argue with an umpire, both of them jawing, And they all put their masks on. <laughs> and then they pause to put their mask on and yeah. then go back at it again. And I think that's funny. And, like, the teams, you know, usually if it would be bench clearing, they'd be – on top of each other, right. pushing each other, but now there's this six-foot barrier, which from a, a comedy standpoint is hilarious for baseball. Right, especially when you <laughs> consider, like, people like Earl Weaver or even, like, Lou Pinella, you know, they would get right in the umpire's face screaming, like, even on um, the famous one with Terry Collins. I mean, he's right in that guy's face where it's all getting recorded, and now it's, you know, it is funny, and I thought it was interesting, like, the first thing the media asked uh, the Pirates skipper about when he had that confrontation with the umpire like, oh, what was it like to put his mask on? He's like, well, you know, we went out there and we we're both socially distant. And actually, you know, the umpire, he, he put his mask on and it broke halfway through. So I had to pull mine up. And it was just kind of like, it's, it, it almost, you know, you, you lose your aggressiveness in a way where it's like, you don't really like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Like, well, it's, it's like, how do you, how do you go out there and start to get into it with an umpire and then go, ah, shit. Uh, just wait just wait yeah. <laughs> you don't start yelling <laughs> yeah. pause um but it is funny and I hope we see more of it like uh last night there was actual contact between teams I believe Ooh. Joe Kelly was <laughs> that was awesome it's hard to say if Joe Kelly is a reliever for Dodgers um last night they're playing Houston and for those of you who don't know and or don't remember a lot of bad blood between the Dodgers and Houston because yep. of the cheating in the World Series. So last night, Joe Kelly, notorious, I don't care what you Goat. think. He does not care oh, he is awesome. what you think of him. So 
I think the first one that he threw the 96 mile an hour ball at the head. Well, that was on a 3-0 He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't know where his fastball is going. No, let's be honest that, here. There's a video in quarantine. He was trying to learn a new changeup that broke a window. So that's already. You know, we already know that coming in. So a little wild card. The, the other ones uh, that were thrown at though were breaking balls that hit players. So that's really hard to argue that you were throwing at people. But when Carlos Correa, <laughs> when Carlos Correa yelled at him after the strikeout or whatever happened. Joe Kelly said something, and Correa said something back, and he stuck his tongue out at Joe him Kelly like a little kid. He, so he walked off the mound, and Correa, I don't know if he said – he said something about getting hit, and Joe Kelly was like, yeah, whatever, like, shut up. And Carlos Correa said, throw your fastball. And then Joe Kelly goes, yeah, I'll throw my fastball right down the fucking middle. He goes, shut up, bitch. <laughs> walks away. Um, uh, so far, though, baseball, surprising. A little different than – kind of different than what we predict. We expected the high runs mm. from some games, but there's also been some really dominant pitching. Yeah. That first weekend, I think it was way – we were a little off. Cause I, but I think that's because the pitchers right away – I mean, these guys that are swinging the bats, they haven't seen major league pitching in, you know, three months. And, you know, they had that warm-up period of a week where – they can kind of go or go around and swing a, you know, swing at some actual live pitching. But when you're in quarantine, you know, if you're a pitcher or whatever, like you can throw with anybody, yeah. you know, have your son grab a glove or your daughter or your wife or whoever, like you can throw to anybody. You, you can throw to a mat on the wall. Right. Exactly. But as a hitter, like, what are you going to do? Grab your tee? Like, yeah. okay, you're sitting here in your garage, you have your tee and your tarp and you're just swinging at it. So you're not seeing live pitching. So I think for the next couple of weeks, you know, pitching is going to be what's going to get them, get teams across. But I will say the last two days, Monday and Tuesday this week, there have been a lot of runs scored. A lot I mean, of, a lot of homers getting yeah. hit. Finally, um, I, I think it'll, I think it'll be good for, uh, for right now the pitching. I think it's important. Like, it's crazy. Like right now, you could have a bad team, and your three or four starters are, could be really good, and you might be winning games because the other teams literally just can't get hits. Right. I, I look at. Uh, don't come at me, everyone, but I look at the Brewers right now, and when I look at them, what concerns me, Christian Yelich is one for 22, and they're two and two now, I think. Yeah. I think there is a correlation there. I, I feel like when he goes, everyone on the Brewers really go. Like, he is straight up their leader, and I, there's no question about that. Right. Um, so you're looking like when the Brewers, they're looking for people. I noticed that last night they changed the lineup around. Um, instead of Kane batting seventh or eighth, they brought him up to the one spot. He's been he's been hitting top of the order now for I think the last two or three games. Got oh, my, I got him on my fantasy team, so you know I'm paying attention. Well, they started him out with um, you know being at the bottom of the order, probably just to see. I don't know why, because they have a new lineup. You know, council's got to play around with it. I think probably he's at the bottom just kind of like a double leadoff type deal, you know, especially with the new DH rule, you know, you don't have to deal with a pitcher. So you're going to have a guy behind them, something like that. I, I can't explain it. I think he should be at the top of the order. I mean, he's a, he's a spark plug. Everybody knows that. Well, and, I mean, and he's an excellent uh, base grabber. He takes a ton of walks. He's good right. at taking walks. Yeah. And that, that's, I don't know. I, I don't think the Brewers are, I think they'll be fine. I think they're yeah. going to be fine. No, I do too. Um, You know, they got, Brandon Woodruff had a tough first start against. Well, it wasn't even that bad. I mean, he no, only gave no, up he gave two, one two runs or he one, made yeah, one mistake. Exactly. Um, 
and I guess we can kind of talk about that game. Like Kyle Hendricks, what are the Brewers supposed to do when right. he throws a 95 pitch complete game right. shutout? That's just on. Like there, there's. Mm-hmm. I I had a, a few of my Brewers friends text me and go, Kyle Hendricks shouldn't be this good, but he is. And I go, no one in baseball knows how to throw a fastball for a strike or those spotted fastballs anymore. Right. And. I think that's where some of the power pitching um, over over the first six games of baseball has been lacking. Yeah. Because usually they're used to blowing that by people with good spots. Now they're just throwing it hard, and few meatballs have been served up from 97-plus mile-an-hour pitchers. Right, and when that's happening, I mean, you don't even have to be, you know, a Stanton or a judge, like, built like that. All you got to do is swing the bat because that ball is going to go out. And another thing is – Alex Rodriguez was talking on the broadcast when Hendricks was pitching and he was saying that he does a thing where, you know, he's got, he's got his diamond where he can, he goes up with his fastball down with his change up slider and curveball, keep him go either way. And so that's, that's another thing that he was kind of saying that, you know, people are lacking when it comes to like pitching and baseball and what we have said on the last one with, you know, you don't have to throw 95. You just have to hit your spots. Yes. Trust your defense. Let the guys roll over the ball. Who cares? I mean, you're getting outs. Outs is the name of the game. Yeah, for sure. In case you didn't know that, that's yeah, the object no. of the game is to get outs. Another thing, uh, fuck, another thing that A. Rod said. Well, I I brought this up last week, so never mind about the the uh, strike the strikes getting thrown versus or the fastballs getting thrown for strikes versus uh, breaking balls. But I talked about yeah. that last week. Um, if you missed it, go check it out. Yep, episode fourteen last week. Um, now we look at the Dodgers. Where are the Dodgers? They kind of, I thought they would, I don't know. I thought well, that they would start off a little I'll, better. I'll give this part. Well, first off, Clayton Kershaw, he's on the shelf right now. Yep. They just put Alex Wood on the IL, so that's tough. But they have Dustin May, who's going to be a stud. I mean, that guy. Oh, he's, he throws hard. And he's got tight pants, which I respect, because I don't know if I would wear those tight pants. And uh, basically. Got the carrot top. Yeah, giant carrot top of yeah. for all. Like, um, I think, I mean, it's going to sound crazy, but, you know, I think the Dodgers are slightly overrated. Like, okay, when you look at their lineup, yeah, you have Betts, Bellinger, Justin Turner. I mean, he's 36. Max Muncy, he's good, but he's only going to be, you know, he's kind of streaky. Yeah. He, he's not a like he's not a complete season guy. Not I think yet. he's more of like a Josh Donaldson where Donaldson will go on a 60-game, like, mashes everything, and then he'll go, like, two for 45 or something, and he'll struggle. And, I mean, after that, who do you – who else do you have? Like, Well, Seager still – See, yeah, that's true. Seager's there, but I mean, they have Will Smith as a catcher. Who he's a solid catcher, but he's not like a superstar. No, Hernandez, um, he's pretty good. I mean, he started out really hot. He had a great opening day, but after that, I mean, he's gone one for four with a run each night, which you know that works. You need your role players, but I, I don't know. I mean, as money as much as they get talked about, like I and it kind of sounds dumb because you know they have been to the World Series two out of the past three years, you know, so. I can't take anything away from them, but I think that they're slightly overrated only because they're kind of just a name, a name thing. Like yeah. they have all these names, but what, what have they, what have they done? Right. Exactly. And again, getting to the world series so many times, I feel like may, I mean, obviously getting there is arguably the toughest other than the NHL. I'd say in terms of the way the playoffs go, same difficulty getting yeah. a cup and winning a world series 
obviously there's more physical toll in a Stanley Cup playoff. And there's more randomness, I think. I mean, a baseball yeah. can bounce a lot of ways, but a puck, I mean, if there's if, if the ice has one chip in it and the puck hits that and the goalie has it covered and it hits that and goes the other way, I mean, you can't do anything about that. And, I mean, you can argue that with baseball with, like, kind of like the Bill Buckner thing where, you you know, you raise your glove up or, you know, a ball gets hit, it goes off somebody's shoulder. But I think there's a lot more randomness in hockey than there is in, like, the MLB. Yeah, I – I'll be, I'll be curious to see, I guess, in, in the next week and a half. I think the next week and a half for MLB is going to tell a lot of stories. Yeah. Like you said, look, uh, look at the Rays. They're in first place. Um, the Athletics. The Athletics are tied for first right now. Um, the White I, Sox have struggled. The White Sox are – well, there's a brand-new team. They, yeah. None of them have – only three guys on that team played together before yeah. this year. And, and, I mean, they did play the Twins, and, I mean, the Twins are going to be good. So, I mean, hey, early uh, MVP watch, Nelson Cruz. Yeah, seven ribbies. Jeez. That old, old man's hitting dingers, too. Yeah. Like, he's just mashing the ball. But I think that comes with veteran presence. I think that's why the Cubs are starting off all right. Yeah. They've gotten to some sloppy situations, but the, the veterans – actually, for, the veterans are starting to get hot, but the, the seven, eight, nine hitters for the Cubs put up all the runs against the Brewers. Yeah. So – well, I, I mean, kind of your to your point, I mean, that, that helps a lot, too. And when you have a good group of core guys, I mean, I think – like, look at the Reds. And, again, it's only been five games or the White Sox. Like, you have your guys who have been there, you know, Votto for the Reds. He's been there his whole career. Bauer was there last year. So, they have, like, people that are getting established. Same with uh, Suarez, their third baseman. Yep. But now you bring in Moustakis, and he's new, and he's already on the I.L. I mean – not that that is, has any correlation, but, you know, you bring in these guys and you form these great teams and everything. But, you know, it does take an adjustment period. And like you said with the White Sox, I mean, a lot of their guys they brought in in free agency or their rookies who, you know, haven't seen major league pitching. And that's not to say that they won't go down the line and kick ass. But, you know, right yeah. now they're struggling because I think probably it's a mesh thing where they just haven't, like, found their – like, they haven't found it yet. Yeah, I think <clears> – I mean, and, too, with the addition of, uh, of Cassianos there – I mean, he's the best double hitter in baseball for the for the last three years. He is. He's got the most doubles in baseball. I swear to God. Look it up. All right. Fact. Him, him, and uh, Nolan Arenado have the most doubles in the last three years. Nolan Arenado is so good. He is pretty tasty. He is good. So, do you do you see the power pitching get better, or do you think these hitters are going to start blowing stuff up? So I've noticed that the. For the most part, the starters have been solid. It's the middle-inning relievers that have been screwing games up for people. Yeah, I think um, – but that goes to – okay, whoops. They didn't get, like, you know, a spring training to work out their kinks or whatever. So, you have a starter who is not up to speed. Like, his arm is not there, not ready, whatever. So he's got to take these first few games to, you know, get back to being able to throw six innings. And then you have people who like Craig Council, who is masterful at this, where he only lets his starters go two times to the order because everybody says, you know, the third time through is when start picking up. On yeah. Those. The, you know, the batters have seen the fastball twice. They've seen the curveball. They know what's coming. I mean, these guys are major league hitters. So I think what you're going to see is as the season goes on, the starters are going to get more comfortable with throwing because they're not going to hurt their arms, stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, um, it was Rick Sutcliffe who I was trying to think of that I was listening to the other night. He said, watch out for your starters to blow their arms. 
early because um, what they've been saying, I think he was talking about with the lack of fan presence, these pitchers, these starters are coming in and trying to create their own energy. And you're seeing these starters throw one or two miles an hour over what they've thrown in previous years when they're opening up the game. And as the year goes on, of course, they're going to have to create, every player is going to have to create their own energy. Right. Um, you know, the, the dugout is going to be so much more important. Mm-hmm. It goes back to being like in a little league. Well, as we were saying, with baseball being the way it is now, the dugout energy is going to be huge because you can hear all the teams that are young. No, I mean, so far with the games I've watched, you can hear the dugouts on TV trying to get each other going, trying to get each other pumped up. Um, it, it's such a weird, it's such a weird thing because I feel like with no crowd there, it does truly bring them back to like how baseball was not created, but how they were taught it. Yeah, well, and I think an interesting point to that too is, you know, I'm surprised honestly, and I get you know they're professional athletes and everything, but. Okay, if baseball's on a bubble, and this is kind of going way off of what you were saying, but why, don't, why aren't they just showing up in uniform? Jump out of your Lamborghini with your full uni on, like, summer ball, and have your bag and just go. Like, I, I think that there's just so many things that, like, this could be fun for a lot of players. Like, man, this is, like, what I grew up with, you know? Like, it reminds me of Little League or Tina or Legion Ball, like, something like that. I mean, that's how I would be acting around it. I mean – yeah, I got. I guess like it kind of comes into that. A quote came out from Ian Hat yesterday, talking about what Rizzo says to Javi before every game. I guess he pulls him away away from everyone to try and you know because Javi's a high energy guy, and I guess he pulls him away and says, "Hey, go out there and do what the fans love watching you do. Don't think, just go play." And I think to a point, I think everyone could take that advice. There's no pressure. There's no in-game pressure from fans. Right. You know, people can tweet at these professional athletes all day. I do it too sometimes. Guess what? They're not reading them. They're not, A, not reading them. B, I doubt you're living rent-free in their head for a game that they're getting paid millions of dollars to do so you can bitch at them from the couch. Granted, I do the same thing too, but I understand that they don't care what we have to think. Baseball – I think we'll be so simplized and so brought back to just what it is. It'll be cool. Um, I mean, it's going to be a race. Uh, you know, we've talked about that. It's going to be a 60 game sprint. We're going to see some teams, maybe step up. We're going to hear some people that we've never heard of before have a crazy breakout year. Yeah. Let's talk about that. There's a guy in Seattle. He's an outfielder. I will give you your, his name in one second, but he has been just absolutely on fire to start to start the season and you know it's it is interesting to kind of watch and we're both in a fantasy baseball league where I mean I've already hit my limit for adding players because I'm just dropping people and adding them because I don't I don't like nobody really knows what to do but this dude Kyle Lewis for the Mariners has been just going banana lands the last (laughs) this season he's hitting 421 two home runs four ribbies four runs I mean you compare that to Acuna who is like three for 25 with a couple runs scored. And it's like crazy that, you know, Cunha might struggle this year because he just never gets his kind of like his bat going or anything. And then you look at a guy like Kyle Lewis from the Mariners, who's just out there playing the game, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, and like I was saying too, that kind of goes in 
It's like what I was saying about Yelich. Right now, he's struggling. You know he's a great baseball player. That's not even in question. Uh, you look at Chris Bryant. He's two for 19 right now. Right. You know they're both former MVPs. Right. You know they're good baseball players. Right. Getting into that groove um, uh, is obviously going to be tough. And uh, like also what I was saying earlier, the guys that are coming up and getting a chance in the lower lineup, maybe these guys that succeeded so, so well last year at AAA come up, Oh, not that many fans. Oh, no pressure. Oh, these pitchers are getting warmed up. I just have to put the ball in play. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to hit a bunch of home runs. You don't really have to do – I mean, just do your job. I think that's kind of what it comes down to is the old Patriot way where, you know, I'm – let's say I'm a rookie and – again, you know, you're not – you're not going to be booed by a whole stadium because you went one for 15 or something. I mean, you're just going to go out there, have some fun, play play some baseball and just, you know, be with the boys. So – I don't know. I think this would be a good season for people to kind of come in and really like break through. Honestly, I see based, based off of these first five games that we've gotten a chance to see or whatever, I've seen more role players make a huge difference than the guys you expect to make the difference. Um, uh, let's uh, Mookie Betts is not starting off so hot in Dodgerland. Uh, Bellinger is not starting off so hot in Dodgerland. Bottom of the lineup, scoring runs. Uh, bottom of the Cubs lineup, scoring runs. Plus, you got Joe Kelly coming out of the bullpen, yawning, <laughs> yawning after almost killing Alex Bregman. So, I mean, um, dude's awesome. For this week, uh, this will be enough baseball talk. Obviously, we'll. Uh, oh no! One thing I just got to say: if, you, if I think I'm going to just apply to be a pitcher for the Red Sox, because at this point, they just need somebody who can throw a ball, like. That's just a train wreck. Yeah, you hate to you hate to be in slugfest with the Mets for whatever reason. Um, this will be it for baseball. Obviously, next week, uh, more games in, we'll be able to judge uh, a little more as to what we think will really happen because yeah. right now it's up in the air. Yeah, I mean. You could be a professional analyst, and I don't know if you could tell me what the fuck's going to happen. I'll here. tell you one thing that's going to happen. The Marlins are going to play until at least some days. Well, that's a fact. I mean, that, that's a PR nightmare. So, yeah, anyways. Um, next, we will be joined by former goalie for UW, um, director of hockey ops, Shane Conley. Um, and he will be breaking down some NHL um, and a little bit of the upcoming Badger season and what that will look like. All right. Next, we're joined by a former guest and friend of ours, uh, director of hockey ops at UW and the only goaltender to win a game at Lambeau Field. Welcome to Big Thoughts. Uh, Mr. Shane Connolly, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, Just sitting outside here, enjoying the nice weather. Uh, Try to keep the noise down for you guys. The two dogs, you might hear them barking, and I got about four four or five kids in the in the house and running in and out so i had to step outside to the back so i'm good in this crazy world well um some, congrats, some congrats are due as well uh you're engaged now so yeah. congratulations on that thank you um and i believe that you are engaged yourself into being a stepfather of four <laughs> yes <laughs> um uh, you that texted me the out. other day and said that uh, your energy bills uh, about doubled. So is that still on pace? Still on pace. I try and go around every night and turn lights off. 
<laughs> and unplug stuff that I need to, but it's all part of it. It's all good. They're great, great kids, and we have a lot of fun. So, so awesome. with um, obviously your guys' upcoming season with UW in jeopardy and or up in the air right now, where do you guys stand towards a plan of attack in the getting back into it or not getting back into it? Right now, until we're told otherwise, we're planning on when school starts, we're, we're, we're going. We got a handful of the boys that voluntarily came back. I think we got, no, most of them. Uh, most of the freshmen are here. So we're planning on as if we're September, you know, whenever school starts that September date after Labor Day, that we'll be in there. We'll have limited time. And, you know, we're planning on our focus right now is uh, October 3rd against Michigan Tech. Um, so until we're told otherwise, that's what we're, uh, that's our plan. That's been our prep as a staff and as what we told the players. So, um, you know, if something happens where we're told something different, we'll, we'll adjust, but we feel the best way to do it is, you know, nothing's been on our end yet. So we're just going to continue that plan and, and prepare like we would normally do. Now, do you expect that the NCAA or the Big Ten will potentially make everyone wear a bubble this year instead of a regular metal cage? Or how, how do you – because unless there's a vaccine, there's, they're going to have a hard time playing without a little bit of precautionary measure. Do you, do you think there will be changes in gear? Through? Uh, not, not, that I, not that I've heard of, so there could be. Um, and I know that was talked about with the NHL that they were going to make them all wear bubbles, but obviously we're seeing that now that's not the case. So, um, you know, I really don't know. Um, if it is, it's not that big of a change for, you know, we have a handful of guys that wear the bubble. And back in the early 90s, everyone was wearing the bubble and they could just lift it up like you saw in the Mighty Ducks as well. Um, so if, that would, if that's what needs to happen, that's a precaution. But I haven't heard anything that, that way. But, again, it wouldn't be a big, wouldn't be a big inconvenience for – for any of the players in college hockey, if that's one of the things to keep everyone safe. Okay. Well, that that's good to hear at least that, you know, bar, you know, barring that you can keep everyone healthy. I think uh, right now the world uh, could use some more sports, uh, you know, whether not just hockey, but any sports. I know you're a huge sports fan. How are you feeling about the Philly start? Uh, not great. <laughs> Not, no, not, okay. great, not great at all, but I know it's short, but those every game in that short, shortened season really counts. I don't know if they have the best pitching. They get a good lineup of pitching. Pitching's like goaltending, right? Yeah. If, you don't, if you don't have it, you're not going to go very far. So I, I watched one game, um, but I was more excited for hockey to come on and watch the Flyers yesterday, so that was nice. But yeah. always got hope for my Philly teams. Yeah, for sure. I watched uh, – I was watching a little bit of that Flyers game yesterday. Um a, Kevin Hayes looked far uh, – he looked ahead of everyone else on the ice. Uh, I thought he looked awesome. Um, it was nice to see uh, your boy get in, in there and, and that. He made some big saves. Yeah, Brian, Brian looked really sharp. Um, he's, I texted him kind of after the game and just said, hey, man, I thought you looked really good. And he said he's dialed in. He's, you know, he's ready to go. Um, so I thought he was – he was fantastic yesterday, and it's always a little bit more difficult coming in after sitting two periods. But they're pros, so they they understand that he's a he's great at preparation, and he's a you know first class pro. So I thought he looked really good. So it's good for Flyers to have two good options. And then I texted him. I said, "By the way, Hazy looks awesome." He goes, "Yeah, he's been dialed in since since he got back." So I think the Flyers 
you know, they have a good shot, but like anyone, it's, you know, to go, it's, it's a brand new tournament, you know, so it's, right. it's going to be real, it's going to be really interesting if a goalie gets hot, if one player's got a hot stick, you know, it's the, the 24 team could win the, win the Stanley Cup, so it's going to be it's really interesting, but I was happy to see the Flyers off to a good start yesterday, I know it's exhibition, but they look good. Now, in these exhibition games, do you expect to see, like, because everybody wants to get, you know, different work. So, obviously, you put in your backup goaltender or something like that. Do you think that they want to get work with special teams? Do you think you'll be seeing, like, a few guys maybe throw a tripping penalty out there just to get the power play on the ice and kind of work the kinks out? Or Oh, I think everyone's kind of competing for the lineup. So, I mean, they're just – I mean, if you watch the games, like, they look like they look like hockey games. It's not like exhibition where you're just rolling through. Um it hasn't been where the refs have been calling a lot of penalties. I think it was, like it just looks like a regular game. So I know they they just got to dial in. I was just watching the before we got on the Tampa Florida game. I was watching Florida's power play and like they didn't score, but man, did, did that power play look good? So I think yeah. they're just they've worked on it, and you know now it's just not trying to get kinks out, just trying to just get going. We get one, just get up the game let, speed, let, let, yeah, yeah, just dialed in. But I thought all the games yesterday looked like they were. They were intense and it wasn't slow. There's a little bit of rust, but not as much as I thought uh, in watching. Now, like you said, and I think many hockey fans would agree that any year, even if it was a regular year, if you get into the playoffs, like more than any other sport, I feel like teams have a chance. This year, do you really see a bot? Like, do you really think a bottom tier team that sneaks in truly has a chance or? Does the chance go down when you make the playoffs that big? Uh, I think it with the pause and all that stuff. Um, I, I do believe that it's it's anyone's game again. I always say the great equalizer is a goaltender, and the top twenty-four teams made it for a reason. Um, I think there's some teams. You know, the top ones are going to have. I think will be there in the end, but you might see one sneak. You know, you might see Montreal's got Carey Price. They they wouldn't have made the playoffs like. They lost last night, but you know, stuff like that. You could just get on. You could just get on a roll. Maybe your team is able to click a little bit quicker and get in into synergy a little bit faster. So I do, I do believe it's like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You know, I know it's a little bit longer and there's a series and all that, but again, it's, it, it, it I think it's up, it's up for grabs. So, you know, you know, I'm not saying that the 24th, the 23rd, the 20 team is going to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're in contention at the end. With all this coming on too, and you mentioned uh, like uh, Brian Elliott being a little older and, you know, he said he came in focused or, you know, when you were talking to him, he said he came in focused. Do you believe that, well, A, I mean, I'll say this first, the teams that had injuries in March are now looking a lot better because everyone's fresh. Do you think this break helps teams with older players more just they, they their bodies are back, so they don't have to worry about that. And now they can let their mind do the work because they don't have to be worried about being hurt going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think you know some guys recover from injury that wouldn't be that wouldn't have played in the playoffs if it were to happen. I think it can go both ways. I think it does help some of those older guys with the rest, but also I mean, it was at some issues it was tough to train. Um, so those bodies it just depends on how much they train. They can get into it. You could see. You know, injuries could happen quick just when, you know, of taking that hiatus of four, four and a half months off. So I right. think there's good, I think it could go either way, really. We've never seen anything like this. So I think it does help those bodies. But 
again, maybe there's a young kid that wasn't able to get as much in and then he gets into the game and there's a hit, you know, something happens. So I think it, it could really go either way. It's hard to, hard to tell after a few days, but um, I definitely think some rest would help. And, you know, you look at the Blues, they get Tarasenko back. You know, he wasn't going to be ready for their Stanley Cup run, so that's a huge bonus. And there's some yeah. other guys, Stamkos, Hedman, those guys are going to be coming back. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 it's up there. I mean, it could, it could work, it could not. You know, I guess we're just going to have to find out and see. Yeah. You mentioned the Blues and, like, you know, they went to the Stanley Cup last year. Obviously, they had a long playoff run. Do you? Th- I mean, I think everybody probably thinks this. Like, them, the Bruins, the, Car- the Hurricanes, like, all the people who went to the finals last year, they got to be happy for that break, too, because they get that, you know, four-month period where they're not playing hockey, you know, where they can actually kind of, like, rest up, whereas, you know, there's teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that are in it now, like the Wild, where, you know, they've already had a full offseason to kind of recover. Yeah, it's you – know, it'll be – like – it just depends on how they every everything comes back. I think every guy is you're, you know, the energy is going to be up regardless. Right. Um, you know whether you needed the break. I mean, obviously, no one wanted the break, and uh, we don't. You know, we'd rather have regular, you know, regular lives going on. But um, I think you're going to see just excitement from every single person, and um, obviously different because they're all in the same city. But I think everyone like the blue. If you're in the playoffs, you're you're, you're happy to be able to compete for a Stanley Cup, whether you're not you know tired worn down I think that the energy just to get to the Stanley Cup finals you know right. and a break would probably help a long season but it was also a long four and a half months for the for everyone too so it'll be I think it's going to be exciting with the with the cup um, being so hard to attain or you know it, it's one of the toughest award or you know trophies to win in sports do you think that if a team that is ranked higher wins it There'll be an asterisk next to it. Like they're like, I feel like if a lower ranked team wins it this year, people are going to want to put an asterisk next to it because it is different. Do you think that there will be that much of a haze surrounding this year's like Stanley cup or any other uh, sport NBA or MLB? Do you think that there should be an asterisk next to this playoff? Or do you think it should just be like a regular, it should be scored regularly in our minds? I think it, I think it should be regular. I think 2020 should be scored as an asterisk at this point. You know, like yeah. it's just the year that it was. Like you're still competing. It's not like they didn't continue the season. And if you were in first place, they awarded you the Stanley Cup. Um, so I, I don't believe. Like if someone wins it and goes through this whole thing, and and wins it, you know, I I think they should be treated as any other Stanley Cup champion. You still had to go through the grind. You had to go through something. It's never been done in the NHL before. Bubble hockey and turn it almost really like NCAA tournament style, and a lot of games and in a bunch of days and over things. So, I know some people will. If your team doesn't win, and you're mad at the other team, you know, like yeah, yeah, that no, this that didn't really count. They weren't that good, you know, asterisks. But for me, I just whoever wins it, you know, I think they should have the fair share because I think it's they're still competing for a Stanley Cup, and we just didn't award a winner and say, hey, here you go, you won the Stanley Cup. I, I, that's a very good point. I, I I think I agree with you, uh, mostly because the Sharks are out. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't, you care. Care. <laughs> I don't care who wins. <laughs> yeah, you don't care. Um, now I know, like on when you know when you're on the bench, you know a, a hockey bench is usually probably more loud than a lot of sports. You know the boys are always into it. Um, do you think 
it'll be even louder now without a crowd or do you think that they're gonna purposely keep some of those microphones off around the bench well i know they got the five second delay uh built in um just watching the games last night and starting today like the atmosphere seemed like they did a better job the mlb not being the stands they made it more condensed i think you know it's hard to hear that stuff going on as the game's going on anyway through tv like yeah they might you get that delay they might cut that out and do a little less but i last night you all i mean it was great hearing the, the skates the puck and slapped around like all that the physicality it sounded the same to me you might hear a little bit more um i don't think they're miking up the benches or whatever maybe take one microphone away so you can hear less but um the atmosphere sounded great like yesterday they pump in some crowd noise um home teams get like their goal horns and all that stuff so i think it'll be they hear some stuff they hear some stuff you know turn your volume down if you want to hear it but yeah. I think some kids might hear some stuff that they've never heard before but hey hockey's <laughs> back and that's hockey so they already yeah, know what's that mean like, yeah yeah I, I personally think um, like the premier lacrosse league is coming back on NBC and I don't watch lacrosse, but they've had their players mic'd up like, and live and just cutting out spares. And it's made it so much more interesting. Do you think uh, put yourself in a position as a non-fan or whatever, do you think it would help grow the game more if you could actually hear more of what they're saying for an entertainment purpose? entertainment value yeah yeah i don't i don't think it i mean i don't want us to do anything different than than they've done before it's better that you kind of only use your imagination so you know it's one of the four major sports like lacrosse they're you know you're trying to do a niche there um i don't know if it helps you know the non-hockey fan like oh this is great or a non-hockey fan could hear something they're watching the game going that's you know that's outside i don't want i don't want to hear that and all that stuff so i think they keep it status quo and Again, you'll hear stuff in a regular game with regular fans in there too. So um, I don't know if it helps or hurts. I think it would hurt more in, uh, just uh, attracting fans that are non-hockey because um, it's more of a violent sport. Um, so I don't, I don't, I, I think we just go status quo. If they've always mic'd the players up, you would stay the same. I think you just you continue doing what they're doing. All right. Um, I know you have to head out in a second. No, I got, to, I got, a, I got a little bit more time. Okay. Okay. Then I have two more questions for you. Um, were, um, did Lebedev, uh, signing overseas happen more because of who you guys have brought in or because of the uncertainty of COVID and just, a now you guys have depth at goalie more depth than you've had, I feel like, um, yeah, D- Daniel had a chance to sign pro and, and the uncertainty of easy to be able to come back and then you know we, we did have increased depth and everyone everyone was going to come back and and compete for a spot so that was he knew it he was you know right through the process when we, we uh got Robbie Baydoun um a grad transfer from Michigan Tech it's been said that we're, the best goalie is going to play and they were all going to have a chance to compete for net is you know is four a lot yeah, there's not, there's only two nets and there's only one net in a game, you know, for, for one team. So I think the uncertainty, a chance to sign pro in, in Finland, stay there, you know, hasn't been home, you know, in a while. I think right. it was just a, Daniel made a decision um, that was best for him and we're happy for him. Like a great kid, you know, he, he, he's a real, he's a good goaltender. And um, I think he, 
you know, with that uncertainty of can he come back, you know, there's probably a better chance that they can play in Finland and he wants to play and, and you get a chance to sign pro. Um, it's every kid's dream. So um, as far as I'm, you know, when I'm going, this is Daniel was, was made a good decision for him. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Daniel will succeed over in Finland with, and this isn't a shot at any of the D-men on UW, but I think with a more professional decor, uh, Daniel will make uh, even further strides in his game. Um, from what I could tell, um, at least in the two years that I got to watch him, for a goalie, he's a freak athlete, or what seemed like a, a very good athlete for how big he is. Do you think with a potentially older decor that his game will get much, much better? I think he's just got to continue to put in the work. He's still a young kid, right? Like goaltending, the average age to play in the NHL is like 26. You know, those guys, same pro, you still got to work your way up. So his game will continue to grow, whether it's, you know, the professional game is not getting easier. No. You know, it's getting harder. So he's going to have to put in the work and um, his game's only going to elevate as he goes forward. I mean, you could be on a bad, you know, bad team with a great goaltender. So he's, he just got to put in the work and continue to develop and, and see where his, his career goes and how his team, you know, the, the European thing is, is different than the NCAA. So it's, yep. it remains the scene. It could happen. It could not, you know, but as long as he puts in the work, he'll give himself a chance. He is a good, he is a really good athlete. He's got good, good size and skill. He's just got to, you know, work, work, work every day to put it together. So we, We wish him. I yeah, wish him the best. He was a great kid, and it was great, to, yeah, great to to know him. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I, I messaged him on uh, the other day and just said congratulations to him. Uh, I know every time that I talked to him, he was uh, very easy to talk to and very, very fun to be around. Um, I think he'll do well too. Um, when you guys get back into this uh, fall camp, what is going to be a point of emphasis? Um, from a team standpoint that you need to work on or that you're going to drive forward compared to last year? I just think all around everything we can, we can improve on a lot of stuff. You know, we have great, we have great skill and we're just trying to get everyone on the same kind of same page. Um, right. And obviously we want to be, give up less goals, you know, so goaltending, you know, goaltending defense, you know, and, you know, we obviously lost, you know, some, some good talent on both, on both sides of the puck. Um, so maybe it's a little bit more, you know, a plan offensively. Uh, we, you know, we got Cole coming back, you know, Linus, all those guys. So we got, we got good up front. Maybe it's a, it'll look a little different. It will be a little bit older. Um, so I think we're just trying to improve all, just all around in, in every facet, you know, how can we get better, learn from what we kind of, what kind of happened this year, what maybe we struggled with and maybe the, a new dynamic with new, you know, two new players and guys are older. Um, maybe that all fixes it, but we don't, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We just need to, we just need to sharpen our, sharpen our tools, put more air in the, in the things like that. We just need to get better all, all around. Now, obviously too, um, like with, with Turcotte leaving, um, you know, that, that puts a hole in the front end a little bit. But with Sam Strange coming in, um, absolutely lit up Wisconsin two years ago and absolutely lit up the USHL last year. Where do you, do you see him coming in and playing right next to Cole? 
or do you or do you guys think that you'll want to spread that out? Because he's no small kid either, is he? No, he's a, he's a good-sized kid. He's a great athlete. Um, I think you just got to see what kind of gels when you got a new when when you got a new lineup. Who works better with you know everyone? You got Matty D Saint Fall that led the USHL in scoring. Um, so I think it's it's no one person. We're just gonna you know that preseason gets a chance to see what guys click and make some see what chemistry, see what guys input is. Hey, I would like to play with him. I think um, obviously Cole's uh, the guy that you want to get to the puck you know puck to as much as you can. Obviously winning the scoring title and he's a great goal scorer. So. But I don't think it's going to be a focus on one guy offense. I think we're going to be deep in all four lines, and it's not just going to be. We're not going to ask you're not going to ask Cole Linus, you know, Bice, you know, Bicer to carry the carry the weight. I think we we want to have those four lines that can that all have a, a good dynamic. So I think it's just going to be a cease. You know, we got good freshmen coming in that we feel that we're very comfortable with that can put themselves in the spot to help contribute uh, night in and night out. So I think it's. It's an all-around deep team. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I guess just a few more questions. Do a I don't even know if you're allowed to comment on this. Maybe where where do you think uh, Holloway will get drafted? Uh, I don't know he'll be. I I think he's a top 15 pick for sure. Top, you know, top 10. He's a great athlete. He had the youngest kid in college hockey. And there was nights that he was the biggest man on the ice. Uh, but also, you know, he was he's still a young freshman going through that so I think he's he's a top for me he's a top 10 pick whether what what teams are looking for I know sometimes you want to see a little bit more if you enough points but you got to watch everyone watch him closely like the sky's the limit for the kid he's a fantastic athlete fantastic kid got his head on straight so that's uh, what I was gonna say um like last year you know people that didn't get a chance to watch him looked at his point production and went ah really but I was going to say, when you watch the kid play hockey, he makes every single person around him better. And his points didn't show it last year, but he should have he should have had double or triple what his actual points showed what the situations that he created. Yeah. I thought. He got in a lot of good score chats. Hey, there's, especially in the Big Ten, look at all the goaltenders. I mean, it's, it's hard to score in college hockey. Um, you know, there's different rink sizes. You know, different teams play different ways. He he put himself in a lot of positions, and sometimes it's just hard to score. Those pucks don't go in. Maybe they went in on a junior goalie a little bit more. So he was learning as at the end of the year. He started really getting those goals in, but he definitely had his chances all year. It just you know was a puck going in, trying to figure out, hey, these goaltenders are a little bit better than than junior goaltenders, um, especially again in the twenty four games we play we play in the league. Um, it uh, you know it's hard it's hard to score. All right, uh, last one. Then I'll let you go. Who's in the Stanley Cup and who wins it? Uh, I'm going the Flyers and the Stars. <laughs> of course, Jeez. of course. Uh, I'm going the Flyers. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. We're going to win. Right. You're going to win the Stanley Cup, and you're going to try and put an asterisk on my Stanley Cup, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. If the fly if the Flyers win it, the asterisk. Anyone else? No asterisks. Um, I would like to see Flyer, Flyers Vegas would be a good one too. Flyers Vegas would yeah. be a gong show. That would be a yeah, a gong show for real. That would be an interesting uh, series um, for the ratings too. The ratings would be pretty good for that one, I think. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Shane. Um, I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll have to get you over to the house sometime. 
Yeah, we'll come out, go <laughs> seven fire and a few beers, eh? Yep. Have no, he's got to go down the water slide. All right, thanks, Andy. Yeah, the water <laughs> slide. You got to check out the water slide. we we'll slide down there. <laughs> no doubt. All right. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. A big thank you to Shane Connolly for coming on, uh, giving us a few thoughts uh, about how the NHL will look coming back and uh, uh, look at the upcoming UW uh, men's Badger hockey season. Um, next, we'll give uh, a little bit more of our meat and potatoes of how we expect or um, look for the NHL playoffs to work out. So, Spencer, if you'd so kindly please explain how the first round is going to go. Is this steak and potatoes? Because that's what I do. Credit to Mitch Moreland for that quote. All right. So the NHL playoffs, as everybody knows, will be bubble hockey this year and not the fun arcade game bubble hockey, but an actual hockey that is played within a sanitary bubble. So 12 teams from each league qualified for the playoffs. Top 12 scoring teams. Or yes, correct. And there will be the top four teams, which is Boston, Washington, Tampa Bay, and Philadelphia from the east. And St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas from the west will play in a round-robin tournament to select and get reseeded to be the top four seeds. The rest of the leagues, if we look at the east, Toronto, Columbus will play, Carolina, New York will play, Pittsburgh, Montreal will play, and New York and Florida will play. And what they'll be doing is a best of five to determine who advances to the next round, which then turns into a best of seven. The teams get reseeded depending on who wins and they just kind of play out from there. And then it's just normal formatted playoff hockey. And then um, in the West, we have Calgary, Winnipeg, Nashville, Arizona, Edmonton, Chicago, Vancouver, Minnesota. So um, the round Robin, I really don't know. I don't know, you know, that, that, that's really a toss-up. You know, the best four teams on each side playing each other essentially is like a conference final. Right. But like, it kind of sucks, to, but it, they're um, basically awarded a warm-up round robin where it is what it is. You, you win, you get the number one seed, you lose, you're still seeded fourth, which is right. a lot better situation than every other team. Absolutely. All right, looking at the Toronto-Columbus series. I see Toronto in five, unless Elvers Merzlikens, their goaltender, gets hot. Columbus's goaltender, um, he came into the league last year, basically got Columbus to where they're at, stood on his head. What about Bobrovsky? He played for them last year. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. No, he's been down in I'm, – I'm talking, I'm talking at the beginning, not last year. The, oh, the regular the, season. The regular okay. season, sorry. Okay. Feels like last year, Gotcha. To clarify – Elvis Merlikens came in this year. Plus, you got torts. Plus, you got torts on the bench. So, great coach. Um, he's definitely got his own style. Um, that series will be dependent on – and the guys that you paid all the money for Toronto actually, like, score a goal in the playoffs. And can Elvis Merlikens keep carrying that team? That's how I see it. What do you got? Um, I mean, I think – Honestly, trying to judge these matchups is just tough. You know, it's a toss-up. But I think I'll probably go with the Leafs. I mean, they've been they've been a consistent team the last two, three, four years. And, you know, they've always run into the Bruins or the Lightning in the playoffs, which, I mean, nobody wants to play either of those teams. So if Toronto was in a different division, I think they could have, you know, 
realistically they could have been in the conference finals last year, you know, or if they would have done different seating. So I think they can beat the Jackets. I mean, obviously the Jackets, nobody thought had a chance against the Lightning last year and they swept them. So that could be a thing. Um, but it's so weird without home ice advantage. I mean, I think the NHL is one of those sports where if you, uh, if you know, if you're kind of a, an borderline team, but you have good home ice advantage, like you, that, that goes a long ways. And so it, it will depend, I think a lot on maybe some of the skill guys. And I just don't know if Toronto or if uh, Columbus has like the star power that yeah. Toronto does. So I'll go Toronto in four. Here's a sweep. Oh, I guess it's not a sweep. No, it'd be three to one. Okay, then I changed mind to that. I was thinking I was thinking seven games. Sorry. Um, Carolina, New York. Um, again, uh, New York. I think they have to. Get the Rangers. The New Rangers. York. The Rangers. They have to make in a situation like this. Was he their number one guy in the regular season? No. Even these playoff formats and how much experience he has, I see him getting the nod. And a guy like him, a lot like Shane said, along with Carey Price, that experience, and if they're good, changes everything for right. the team. You know, um, obviously New York, the Rangers, don't need any help scoring. But, um, Mika Zibanejad, um, they're, you know, kind of their number one center, number two center guy. He had, from the All-Star break last year, he had the most goals in the league until the play stopped. So you look at him, and then uh, not to mention you got a uh, Hart Trophy finalist, Artemi Panarin, who, along with the best of them, can decide when to put the puck in the net. You don't get to choose. He chooses. Yeah, the bread man. The bread man. So Carolina, they're starting to catch steam. They're starting to build a really good, solid team. They're young still. Storm surge, man. Um, you, you look at leadership from the back end, Dougie Hamilton, solid defender, even better offensive defenseman. He knows how to get assists. He knows how to put the puck in the net. Um, and you look at uh, young guys up front, Sebastian Ajo, freak. He is a freak. I will not be surprised in five years to see him in Hart Trophy consideration. He is going to be that good if he's not already there. I think a few more years under his belt, a little more composure, He's going to be a top five player in the league. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Rangers 3-2. Rangers in five, huh? Yep. I think that's kind of, going to be kind of my upset because the Rangers are the 11th seed. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on a lot, you know, a lot of goaltending. But from what I've read and everybody says, you know, they the Rangers have the advantage in the goaltending department. I mean, if you don't have Henrik, you have um, – what's his name? Igor. Yeah. He was on my fantasy team. That's the only reason I know him. But he, you know, he's coming back from a car accident, but he should be fine. I think that was him. It might have been their other goalie. But I, I think it's hard to pick against that team, especially when they have a, a line that's set up with the bread man like it is. And I mean, sometimes in those early matchups, that's all you need. You need one good line. You know, they, they'll score two goals a night, and then you get, you know, third, fourth liners, maybe grind one out. And I just don't know with hurt Carolina is another one of those teams where they really use their home ice well and well, without having fans there I don't I don't know if it's they're as intimidating as they are yeah. on paper and uh with that being said too their goalie situation they have two good goalies as well right but Mrazek isn't healthy uh, so whatever happened I don't know how quarantine went for him 
Peter Mrazek is not 100% from what I've heard. So that, to me, is why I give the Rangers the 3-2 um, victory. Yeah. Um, again, with the no uh, crowd advantage, which the Rangers have a huge advantage in MSG, too. I right, mean, absolutely. Um, people are uh, turn out for hockey there. I have that series 3-2 Rangers. Um, yeah, I'll go the same with that. Um, I just don't – I don't know if Carolina has enough. Do you think Do you think they'll do storm surge if they do win a few games? Do you think they'll um, do something like that? Yes, yes, because especially for home ice. Or, you know, if they're the home quote, team, quote, unquote, sure. the home team. Sure. I think the NHL, and along with the NBA, is doing a very good job of using video boards. Yeah. Um, putting fans – real, real fans from mm -hmm. previous seasons and situations in. So, I think – I think every home ice advantage that you can have, you would do. Even the storm surge is for the crowd. Right. But it's their thing now. So I would expect them to return to doing that. I, I don't see why you wouldn't. They kind of changed hockey two years ago when they – or last year. Well, two years ago it kind of started. Last year they did it. And they brought more fun into the game, got the crowd more involved. Uh, it pissed off Don Cherry to a different planet. Um, that old angry bastard. Um, but, yeah, 3-2, Rangers. Uh, next, Montreal-Pittsburgh. This is a nightmare matchup for Pittsburgh. Why? Again, last night was the first exhibition game. But what I saw from Pittsburgh is they scored early. They scored that first goal early. Yeah. And then their top guys just didn't turn it on like they usually do. Of course, Sidney Crosby – Hit, hard to pick against Sid. Hard, of course, especially in a playoff. I mean, you want something to get done, you look to Sidney Crosby. But what made me nervous last night is Evgeny Malkin, a typical you know what you're going to get every night sort of dude, and he knows how to turn it on, looked so sloppy. He had a no-look pass to Kevin Hayes right in front of the opposite net, like a, a – here, sorry, Evgeny, back to basic hockey. A, you don't pass the puck in front of your own net. B, you especially don't do it if you're not looking. And it ended up being a sick tuck by Kevin Hayes. So, Pittsburgh, old guys need to get it going. And they have a team, they have a core that has won Stanley Cups. Right. Like their whole team. Right. You know, they have Brandon Rust. Chris Letang, the GOAT. Letang, oh, nasty defender. Just awesome. Um... And they have a little bit of a goaltending issue, too. Both very capable goalies, but they haven't said if Murray's gone or if Drury's gone. Oh, you got to give the nod to Murray. Two Dude's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. I mean, he's been there before. I Look, even at, if, what, look at what they did to uh, Flower when he was on his way out. Yeah, I guess. But I just think – I don't know how you can go against that. And I, as, I, I don't want to see the Canadians win, so I'll just – I'll sum it up. I think Pittsburgh, like, just – I can't pick against Sidney Crosby in the first round. So, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh probably in five again. I mean, these these games are going to be so close. I yeah. It's hard not to just go in five games for anybody, really. Yeah. Um, another goaltending thing. Carey Price. Yep. He's one of the best ever played. You give him a hot streak and you don't know. I, I think Montreal uh, – I think they struggle with scoring depth, which is gonna end Perfect. up killing them. Right. So I have uh, Pittsburgh. I hate. I hate the Pittsburgh Penguins more than any other hockey team in the world, and that says a lot considering Vegas is like now a big rival to the Sharks. 
Um, I got Pittsburgh in four. Pittsburgh in four, huh? Yeah, I got them three to one. Uh, next, New York Islanders versus uh, Florida Panthers. Islanders in three. A sweep? Yeah. Um, what? So Florida has Bobrovsky in that. Obviously, obviously very tough. In previous years, no, not – yeah, Bobrovsky is in that there. Yeah, never mind. So, but still, I, I, I'm sorry. I was trying to put my own thoughts together in my head. I, I go Isles in, in three. I think they sweep them. I, I – Goaltending, eh. Goaltending's all right for the Isles, but I, I, I really like their top two lines, defense and offense. Barzell's tough. Anders oh, Lee, Barzell's tough. awesome. Um, Anders Lee, former Gopher. So, I think the Islanders in the last two years have yeah. been just on the verge of breaking out too. Mm-hmm. And they start, you know, they didn't have a great regular season compared to last year so far. Oh, shit. I see this. I see this rest and time for them a good thing because they're pretty young and pretty pretty stacked up front. Yeah, I retract my statement. Anders Lee, former Fighting Irish. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's from Minnesota. Um, and then Florida. You know, you got the Sonk Daddy, uh, Keith num- Yandel. Keith Yandel. Um, you know exactly what you're gonna get. He is one of the best defend straight up mm-hmm. defenders in the league. Nothing special offensively, but you know, you a few got apples. Few apples for sure. You know you got a back end there, at least on the top line. So that helps. Um, again, the depth, the scoring depth for the Panthers is what what scares me. I, maybe this is horrible. I don't know if I could name a person on their second line. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't even know if I can name their whole first line. Like they just seem irrelevant yeah. in hockey, and they shouldn't be because they're decent. Right. Yeah, but they're one of those teams that I think it's kind of swept under the rug just a little bit, you know? Like, it's not their fault, but being in Florida. Well, A, Florida's not that huge – or hockey's not that huge in Florida. B, they're the second-best team in Florida. Right, Tampa Bay is better. So, Absolutely. I, I have Islanders and three in that one. I just I, – I think they get it done. I, I think they're, they're fast. The Islanders are fast. Yeah, I mean, I think – I'll, I'll take the Islanders as well. I don't think they're going to sweep them because Bobrovsky's too – I think he's good enough where it'll be – He can provide. Yeah, he can – you know, he'll he'll win one game in there. And, you know, they have Barkov who's – you know, he's decent. He's not bad. And, you know, they do have a decent team. Eric Halla yeah. is kind of going over there. I mean, Ekblad. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup, but I think that they're not going to get swept. Um, and I guess where I go with the names you just mentioned, guys you want on your team, but not if they're your best players. Yeah, like, kind of like a Noel Chari. Like, you want those guys to be in the second line taking care of stuff, role, sure. not forcing, like, having to make stuff happen. Right. At least in my opinion. Um, I'll stick to – Yeah, it'd be like Charlie Coyle. Like yeah. Charlie Coyle on the Bruins. I mean, I – Great second line winger. I mean, I think like if whatever, if he's still around, he's well, better because he's, of the people around him. Right, and I mean, he's a great power play asset too. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna get into the round robin because I, I don't. I, I just don't think that that. Sure. There's not enough parity there with the separation of skill in those teams. 
where in a round robin tournament we're not going to try and break down who's going to get the first or fourth seed. Yeah, the Bruins are going to win, so it doesn't matter. All right, over to the West, uh, Calgary, Winnipeg. I I know that they're right next to each other in the seating. I see Calgary winning three to one in four. Uh, you know, Winnipeg, another you know the big white storm. You know, true north. Right. Uh, their fans are, make part of their team. Bufflin never returned. They got Blake Wheeler, Patrick pa- Line. But Patrick Line is the book. Patrick Line is the streakiest player in all of hockey. He can put up forty points. You know, he can put up forty goals, but you don't know when it's going to come. Like so, and he gets he's got anger, like not over the top anger issues. He gets in his head really bad. Yeah. Um. Biz already said it on a show earlier last week that Hellebuck is a Vesna finalist, probably the winner, considering the shots face con- compared to the other teams and save percentage. Right. So, I'm, uh, stolen glory, I'm definitely stealing this take, but I agreed with it. I think he's the not the best goalie in hockey, but his work this year will win him a Vesna. Sure. Um, so, can Winnipeg ride high on him? Blake Wheeler, former gopher, just got to get that one in there. So and that's true. That's not yeah, going to be retracted. That, I know that's a fact. Uh, I I have Calgary three to one. I I think Calgary has so many pieces. Uh, they have a decent goalie, and I believe Mike Smith. No, I'm not sure. I don't know their oh, roster. No, no. That much. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, or did Robin Lehner go there? I will. You know, I'll get. I'll get on that. Okay. I will say though. Who you got? I love – I do I, – the Jets, they're one of those sneaky teams that I, I like a lot. Yeah, but is it going to keep going is what I'm saying? Like, oh, Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I mean – Winnipeg, it's a team you want, like Cam Talbot, Talbot, Cam Talbot, and Riddich, some Riddich, other goalies on the roster. Okay. But, you know, I think the Flames just stack up with, I mean, they have Mr. Johnny Hockey uh, as, a, as a winger. They have Milan Lucic, who will just, you know, break some noses. They have Matt Giordano, who's, he's an awesome defenseman. Brad Bradford, or uh, Sanford, no, no. Giordano, awesome defenseman. Who the fuck is their third winger? Kachuk, Johnny Hammondcheese, and uh, Lindholm. Yeah. Jankowski, Bennett, Buckland, Doobie. Well, Sam Lindholm or Lindblom. Doobie. Doobie. Anyways, I got three to one Calgary. Yeah, I'll take. I'll take the Flames in five. I mean, I think Halibut will. Get the way he's played, he'll 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 keep him in that series. That's another toss-up, though. I mean, these are good. These are evenly matched teams. All of them are really. All right. Except for the next one. Well, I mean, I have a few. I know where you're going to pick with this one. Next, we got Nashville, six seed, Arizona, the 11th seed on the West. Woo! Before you say that you know Arizona's going to win in three. Oh. <laughs> a little trouble in paradise, and no one knows what the fuck happened yet. Their GM stepped down. Oh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Their GM stepped down, like, right before, like, literally last week, and no one has said why yet other than he didn't like what was happening with the ownership. That makes me nervous. That makes me nervous for them on a, you know, their players are their players. Former MVP. 
Uh, Phil Taylor the Thrill Hall. Kessel. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Former Taylor Gopher Hall. Phil the Thrill. Let me get that. So in there. you got Taylor Hall, who I don't think is staying another year. No, I don't think so either. So Arizona is looking at right now. They have to win or try to, um, because they. I don't want to say they're going to rebuild. They have two really good goaltenders, Darcy Kemper and uh, Mata. Do you haven't, if you haven't been able to tell, we're not exactly high on the names here. Well, I mean, some of these names are impossible to pronounce, too. <laughs> like, you could be reading right. it, and um, Nashville, though, you just you look at that core, and it's tough to pick against. It's another team that you go, oh, like, Jesus Christ, we have to play Nashville? It's like one of those, like, they could be the last seed, and it's like, yeah. God damn it, are you serious? We have to play Nashville right now? I see that one going five, Nashville 3-2. Going to have to go against you there. Arizona, you know what jerseys are going to be rocking, right? Oh, Chinas. Yeah. Yeah, so that's already an advantage in my book. Um, tell you what, they got – you know, you can look at Arizona's roster. They and, have a good roster up and down. I just they, – they, they didn't put it – they didn't have enough time so far. to Give them two more years. I love that roster even more. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they got OEL anchoring the D, who he'll be – I mean, Taylor Hall is crazy. Derek Steppen. He's not playing. He's not playing. Carl Carl Soderberg, he's another presence. It's a veteran presence. They got a guy named Vinny. So, I mean, Vinny Hestroza on there. That's that's always a plus when you got a guy named Vinny. Um, so, honestly, I mean, I'm going with the Coyotes because – They're your second favorite team. Because they're awesome. Yeah. And I just think that – I mean Nashville, like they're they're awesome, you know, Smashville and everything, but hard to hard to pick against the Yotes in the first round at least, I think. Um so what do you got then? Oh sorry, Arizona and five. All right. Next, uh a very contentious series. A, a series that Ooh, I'm excited to pick this one too. Really could get flipped on its head. Yes. Like very, very quickly. Edmonton the five seed and Chicago the twelfth seed. This is a nat- matchup nightmare for Edmonton. Mm-hmm. This is bad, bad news for Edmonton, in my opinion. Edmonton most likely have the MVP Hart Trophy winner, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. I think he deserves it. I agree. Especially, everyone said that when uh, uh, Mick Jesus got hurt this year, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be able to keep up the production, and he did. Yeah. Stud. I, I think he's going to be a force for years to come. I don't think this is a fluke, and I don't think this is just because he's playing next to McDavid. So, nightmare of a line to play against right there. Yes. I, I'm the, the highest scoring line in the whole league. Right. But you got that freak of a rookie, Alex Dembrinkit, along with Johnny Taves and arguably the best American hockey player of all time, Patrick Kane. Him and JR are the two you talk about for being the best of all time. And, and Duncan Keith. <laughs> um, so, Edmonton, absolute nightmare. Uh, or Chicago will be a n- matchup nightmare for them because Chicago's top line can play with Edmonton's top line. Right. And Johnny Taves is another guy you think of. and he, He's only won it one time, I think. Selkie Trophy guy. He hasn't been in the contention, but he plays as a center. He wins every faceoff. Yep. Um, and he plays up and down the ice to let Kane and DeBrinket do their thing. Right. 
um, where the Blackhawks are old in the back end, which is a little, you know, Duncan Keats, no spring chicken, but he's going to get the job done. Has awesome hair as well. Oh, and let's not forget about their second line center, Kirby Doc. Yep. Uh, he's a freak too. Number three overall pick. Uh, they have a lot of pieces They and a decent goaltender in Robin Lehner. And I saw Corey Crawford on the ice. Robin Lehner's not on there. I thought he was. Where did he go? I don't know, but he's not. I got Corey Crawford, Colin Delia, Kevin Lankinen, and Malcolm Subban. Jesus Christ. Maybe he got traded then midseason because he was on. Where the fuck is Robin Lehner? I'll look, I'll, I will look it up. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, they traded oh, him. Yeah, That's yeah, how they got yeah, Malcolm yeah, Subban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose so. Well, anyways, I'm going to take. I got Chicago and five. Chicago and five, huh? Interesting. I mean, I hate them. So I'm not going to pick them. I hate them too. Um, I'm going to go with Oilers and Oilers and five. Um, I'll tell you why. I think, oh, man, that's just tough, though. Nah. You, oh. you, you hate picking against the experience of Chicago. Right. That core has won three cups, and they have young pieces ready to play with them. Yeah, it just, you know, it's tough, though, because two years ago they finished last in the league in points where it's like – but I get, you know, you got to throw that away. It's playoffs now. Anything can happen. You know, you just got to get in. So, I just I, – I wonder with Chicago, and maybe it doesn't matter because they can put up goals, but, I mean, Corey Crawford's old. Yeah. And, and he's you know, str- I mean, he hasn't really played. Right. And you can – I mean, no problem. Like, Malcolm Subban, he's gonna good, be good, good, good enough goalie where he's a good backup, but I don't know if he's good enough where if Corey Crawford struggles that he can kind of just take the reins. I mean, he was a Bruins prospect for a while, and I thought he was – honestly, I thought he was going to be the next in line again for Tuca, but – Anyways, he's on the Blackhawks now, but I, I got to go with – I think Edmonton can outlast them five in five. I, 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 want, I wanted to say that. The only thing is you have 200-point getters on the team. That's great. Yeah. And they're only in fifth place. Yeah. And they haven't done that well when they have been in the playoffs. So, that, I, I guess it's like I'm picking Chicago until they prove me wrong. I want to pick Edmonton be, just because of the talent. Right. Prove me wrong, Edmonton. Shove it up my hoop, you know. Like, there you go. Next, uh, a series that most likely is going to include the uh, rookie of the year and potentially Quinn Hughes. Pretty damn good. Mikey Grinnell. Mikey Grinnell. Um, We have Vancouver versus Minnesota. Um, It's a seven versus ten matchup. Uh, You know, I love my boy Luke Cunning. Good guy. He's good. He's a good guy. Um, you know, you want sure for the badgies, Ryan Suter. But I just don't see a shot now of – I don't see Minnesota beating Vancouver. Yeah. Um, I want the Wild to win because they're like well, – the, well, actually, that's not true. I, I like the Twins too. But they're like one of the only Minnesota teams that I can stand. Or their fan base, I guess. Um, but it's hard to pick against – Markstrom too. Yeah. Hell of a goalie right there. I mean, he was right in, he would have been right in the Vesna, you know, but he got hurt, but Vancouver, they're, they're so, I mean, they got a good mix of players. You know, you look at Yep. Nasty. Quinn Hughes. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's hard to pick against that team while the wild, you know, they've never, they kind of struggled this year. Definitely. I mean, they just like for the last five years, it's been like, like watching a static TV screen. Like, yeah, it's there, but it's not really doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I kind of agree. I mean, 
they got solid players too, like you said. Suter, Zach Parisi, yeah, Matt, Matt Dumba. Like they got they have a solid roster, but I think I gotta go Vancouver in this one. I, I don't know. It's just it's it's hard to pick against Markstrom for me. It, well and Vancouver was starting to I mean again, it's like restarting. There is no right. momentum. There right. is zero momentum. Your record pretty much doesn't matter. You're in or you're not. But Vancouver was getting hot, and they have a really young team that is really pretty, like, pretty good. I see Vancouver being a top-four team in the league or in the conference next year in the West. Um, and, again, with this playoff-style format, I'll remind everyone, a lot of these teams – like the fourth place team that is going to end up playing around Robin yeah. could have very easily been the seventh place team by two or three points. I mean, there's a lot of parody in how this is scored because right. in hockey, the teams are very close together in, right. in, uh, or, you know, regular season rankings. So and that, yeah. And kind of going off that, I mean, you look at, if, if the season would have kept going, who's to say that Tampa wasn't going to be the number one seed? I mean, right. the Bruins were playing, you know, they have played consistent all year, but they were losing a few games here and there. And Tampa was within seven to 10 points with, you know, six to go. Not unreasonable for them to, you know, make that up. I mean, so yeah, exactly what you said, where there, there is a lot of parity, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's hard to pick these games because there is no home home ice advantage. I mean, again, we said this earlier in the episode, Hockey is so much of chance, I think, especially in the playoffs where, you know, a puck can go this way and it hits off a skate or it goes through a skate or, you know, it tips off somebody's stick. And when there's, you know, noise and crowd noise and everything and people are banging on the glass and the boards are rocking and glass bangers. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's insane what that can do for a team. You know, it, uh, so far the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Flyers, have a tweet, a tweet of the playoffs, and the playoffs haven't even started yet. They said, for the first time in history, we had a power play and no one yelled shoot the whole time. <laughs> like, They won't have hit him, man. Yeah. The, you know who he is? The, There's a guy who sits in the second deck at every Flyers home game with a 69 jersey that says hit him, and he sits in the first row, and he just yells hit him the whole game. He, I mean, he would probably watch the uh, Broad Street Brawlers oh, yeah. come up. The Bullies. To, yeah. Or the Broad Street Bullies, yeah. All right. Um, again, next week we'll be able to break down more of, like, how the round robin is shaping out. Or, you know, like, well, that'll be easier to, to then pick. And then if the timing works out right, we'll, you know, get a better look at the second round with the one through four seeds in there. Right. All right, next, NBA. This is going to be short. I, I, I don't have a lot to say about it other than the fact that the wings at Magic City actually do look oh, yeah. very good. Those looked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, at first, I'm like, Lou Will, what the hell are you doing going to Magic City for whatever reason? I actually think he might have been there for the wings. The wings did look <laughs> very good. I, I don't know who tweeted them, but I was like, all right, I can I could see that, definitely. So, again, this is going to be – less of a rat race than the NHL. I think the NBA, it still comes down to, okay, you can add those extra teams. And also the NBA, I'm on to you. The only reason you added those extra teams is so you could get uh, Zion on your broadcast. I guarantee it. 
because those teams are not going to beat the Bucks. They're not going to beat the Lakers. And like, it has it has a lot to do with if they play those regular season games because when they when they ended, what were they at? Like sixty four games, something like that. Yeah. So there's a stipulation in the contracts with Turner where the NBA doesn't get the revenue money unless they play a certain so amount of games. So it's part off. of like. Yeah, that, that, that plays a part in it, too. Not to say, yes, when they have a very marketable player in Zion Williamson, like, yes, they want him. Also. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not, no, I get it. But I'm yes. not blaming them, but, right. like, shame on – again, I'm not – I get it. From a marketing standpoint, duh, no-brainer. He's, other than LeBron, pretty much the most marketable player in basketball for what it's worth. Sure. You know, Giannis isn't that flashy. Otherwise, he'd be up there just because he's awesome. But – I don't know. Like, for these teams, now that they added in, that, like, literally stand not a chance in hell, what if you get hurt? Right. Well, Luca almost got taken out by a camera. I don't know if you caught that or not. He was running. He shot a half quarter. I don't know if somebody got fouled or it was the end of the quarter or something. Shot a half quarter. The ball ricocheted. He went to go get it. One of the cameras was flying down the side of the court and almost hit him. It's like, dang. That is uh, one thing I will say that I'm very excited about for the bubble of NHL and NBA more more cameras yeah like over the ice which is a, a view that you never get like an enclosed right tight camera of the ice which is gonna be sweet that'd be cool nba i see it this way and that's pretty much the way it works like every other year you get the occasional flyer at the five or six seed that wins a game or a series that they show for the most part though until the the you know the later series in the playoffs your number one and two seeds are going to win, and it's not even going to be close. Yeah. I, I, think, I think, obviously, the Bucks because there are no superstars on that team. Giannis is a superstar and is right, but I don't think he looks at himself that way. Sure. I think a lot of guys on the Lakers know they're superstars and embrace that, which is great, whatever. Right. LeBron is going to struggle in the playoffs without Rajon Rondo, period. That is going He's to He's got J.R. Smith, though. Oh, yeah, like that's a big upgrade. The only thing better about that is he's more athletic, but he, uh, you know, I'll take Rondo's brain over JR's athleticism. Um, I think that's going to hurt. I think the guys that, uh, I don't think these NBA players are handling the bubble or the quarantine as, as nearly as well as other, other professional athletes. I get so I think the teams with these big superstars and big personalities are going to struggle so much because they can't be out in public. Yeah. They can't be making a show to the fans. So that, that makes me nervous. Obviously LeBron's a three basketball player of all time and he's going to perform. Yeah. He, absolutely. He's too good. Not you know to. that. Yeah. You know that he's too good not to. He's one of the best playoff performers literally in history. And yeah. It's not up for debate. When, I'll, I'll tell you one thing quick. If, when the Heat make it out of the first round, if they get – depending on because seeding still has to be determined because they got to play, you know, a couple – couple two, three seeding games here. But the Heat are going to be – they're going to be trouble for the Bucks. If the Bucks match up against the Heat, that is going to be tough because you know what you need to beat them, to beat the Bucks, is you're not going to shut Giannis completely down, but you just got to make sure that he doesn't take the game over. Yeah. You got to make sure that he turns into a facilitator or is the guy in the wing where they have to pass it out because you can't get down low. And I tell you what, Jimmy Buckets, damn good defender. He, I mean, he's a, he's a great swing, like great wing guy. He'll be he'll all over Chris Middleton. Yeah. And the heat will be a problem for the Bucks. Yeah. I see again. And 
no offense to the Badgers, and I was mad when he chose to do it. I don't blame Tyler Hero at all for what he did. Now looking at it, if they would have been able to continue this year and he didn't get hurt, he, he's, he's rookie of the year conversation with John Morant. Like, the, bug, or the, the Heat are going to be an issue. Yeah. If I think they have enough young talent that they'll be an issue. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that have young players like the Grizzlies, John Morant. Big in the league now. Like, just made such a name for himself last year at Murray State in the tournament. Right. Basically got him a draft pick. I mean, I think he would have been drafted high, but then when they got him into the tournament and he did pretty well, you look for him with a guy at the Grizzlies, Mike Conley, all of a sudden, well, maybe they can get – or, you know, maybe they can get gone. Yeah. Look at the Pelicans. Uh, they have Drew Holiday, Zion, and – J.J. Reddick. And Brandon Ingram. He yeah. scores 26 points a night. No one talks about him. Right. Again, I think it's bullshit that they got in the playoffs or will most likely be in the playoffs, but pray for Mark. Um, this, again, when more games get going, we'll be able to break down more once final seedings happen, so that makes right. a difference. But you look for the teams in the NBA that were doing well because they will continue to do well. I, 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 I don't think there's enough parity um, go or be changed by momentum in the NBA as much. Um, so that's about it. I, I, you know, we don't have the seedings yet, so it's tough to break down. Um, yeah, that's all. That's legit. All I got. That's all you got. All right. All right. This is Big Ten Thoughts. Uh, B1G Thoughts on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and I think today we're gonna get a YouTube. There you go. All right. All right. Thank you, folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>